1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook where we post all of our podcast content. And you can subscribe to Locked on Packers on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin in the show. For fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And we are looking deeply at... Two places in particular today with the off-season looming free agency nearly upon us. We're going to start with the safety position and then a little bit later address some of the, uh, the not the rumors, reports of Kevin Zeitler uh, in Cleveland being potentially on the block and, and whether or not the Packers could have interest in it. But let's start with the safety market because things got really crazy yesterday when player after player... Seemingly was being cut. Uh, It it was pretty wild Uh, after Eric Weddle was cut. Darian Stewart was also released. And we have just seen uh, this huge number of safeties hit the market. This market is going to be flush with safeties. And I, I just, I don't know what to make of this in the NFL. It seems like the league just doesn't care about the position. I mean, on the free agent market, you're going to have Earl Thomas, Landon Collins, Tyron Matthew, Eric Weddle, Adrian Amos, HaHa Clinton-Dix, Trey Boston, Darian Stewart, Jonathan Ciprian, Kenny Vaccaro, Jimmy Ward, LaMarcus Joyner, Adrian Phillips, George Iloka, and a couple other guys that I didn't even mention. I mean, that 2, 4, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, guys, that's half the league's starting safeties, and they're just out there. Now, Iloka didn't start last year, but he had been a starting safety for Cincinnati, That's a ton of players. Are the Packers going to be interested? I don't know. But let's start with what I think is maybe the more interesting question, and that is what is the value of a safety in the NFL? Because my working theory right now is that teams just don't value them, and they don't value them for what I think is an important reason. There are so few who are impactful in more than very specific roles, that the specialization in sports and the specialization in the NFL has made it so unless you are Earl Thomas and there is only one of those guys, unless you are Eric Berry and there is only one of those guys, You cannot affect the game in enough ways to make you worth whatever contract you're getting if it's a big money deal. So if you expect to be paid like a top of market player and you don't have top of market impact and there are there are only maybe maybe four or five guys in the whole league who do that, then teams have basically said we're not going to pay you eight million to just be an okay player because the impact isn't there. Part of that is the rules. You can't knock guys out anymore. There's no enforcer safeties. And there aren't enough guys who are able to make an impact on the game. Teams are not just going back seven step drop and trying to heave it down the field every play. And so some of those center field safeties don't have the kind of impact that they might have, you know, five, 10 years ago. Teams are taking a more conservative approach. They're looking for efficiency. They are splitting running backs out. And now you're, if you're a safety, you got to cover those guys. So you need basically hybrid cornerbacks. That is a specialized role. So unless you're Derwin James, unless you're Earl Thomas, you don't have the ability to impact games in that way. Now Earl Thomas is on the market. We don't know what his market is going to look like, but some of these other guys, Landon Columns, is a very specific kind of player. Eric Weddle, at this point in his career, is a very specific kind of player. Adrian Amos, LaMarcus Joyner, Adrian Phillips, Jonathan Ciprian. These guys are specific types. They fill specific roles. They're not center field erasers who can play the run, who can play deep. They can make tackles. They can be last line of defense defenders. They can They can change games with fumbles and with interceptions. There just aren't that many players like that anymore. And the focus, because the way offenses have evolved, is on cornerbacks and fronts. Can you create pass rush and can you cover receivers? Because if you can cover and you can create a pressure, then all you need is replacement level safeties. That's all you really need. The Patriots don't have special safeties. Patrick Chung has a specific role that he's good at, and they ask him to do that thing. McCordy is a fine player. He's not a field tilter. He's not a game changer. The Rams don't have field tilting safeties. They just cut Mark Barron, who was a safety they converted to linebacker. He could be someone, frankly, that interests the Packers. What are the roles that these guys are going to play in your defense, and how are they going to help you if they want 12, 13, 14 million dollars and can only fill a specific role, even if they want 8 million, 9 million, 10 million, and can only fill a specific role or two. How valuable are they really to your football team? Well, you could be using those dollars elsewhere to fortify important positions. I have said before, and, and I will be steadfast in this until I see them pay big money for a safety. I don't expect them to. They had the opportunity last year to go out and spend basically no money to get Trey Boston or Eric Reed or some of these other players that were out there, and they did nothing. They did nothing. They knew Kentrell Bryce was not very good, and Josh Jones was hurt. They knew they were not re-signing HaHa Clinton Dix. You don't trade a guy two months into the season when he's having a career year and and not have known before the year that you're not giving this guy a new contract unless he absolutely becomes, you know, Ed Reed 2.0. They knew. They knew going into the year the safety position was a disaster and they did nothing. And over the course of the season, they added, you know, Ibrahim Campbell and Eddie Pleasant and they played Raven Green and and those guys were bodies. Just bodies. Even though Ibrahim Campbell played decently well, they're just bodies. That's all they are. And until I see Green Bay value this position, I mean, they don't, they address this position every five years, basically. Nick Collins, 2006, Morgan Burnett, 2011, Hunt Clinton Dix, 2014. Maybe they're due. Maybe they're due. Josh Jones, you know, he was supposed to be a linebacker, supposed to be a sub package linebacker, was forced to play safety when Morgan Burnett got hurt. And they found out pretty quickly that he couldn't do what he wanted to do. He he is, like most of these other guys, he is best suited to fill a very specific role. The question is, how low does this market go? How depressed does it become? With so much supply, where does demand go from there? Because like I said, that 14 starting caliber safeties are going to be on the market. So who is willing to pay what for them? And could that push the cost of the top tier players down a little bit? Could it push the cost of Earl Thomas down? Could it push the cost of Landon Collins down? And when you look at the teams out there that have salary cap space, Indianapolis has over $100 million in salary cap space. Well, they have Malik Hooker, who's a really good center of the field safety. By the way, he would be on that list if he were healthy, I think. Does Earl Thomas make sense for them? Someone like Landon Collins might, someone like Adrian Amos, maybe a little bit more, although I think Amos is more versatile than than he gets credit for. The Jets have Jamal Adams and they spent a high pick on Marcus May. Are they someone who could be in the market for a safety? I don't I don't know. It's not a huge need. Cleveland they have 80 plus million to spend. They just got Demarius Randall, who played pretty well for them last year, and they they used the first round pick on Jabril Peppers. Buffalo, they have Micah Hyde. Oakland, they might be a team. If I were gonna bet right now today, I would say the team that goes after Earl Thomas plays in the Bay Area. It's either Oakland or San Francisco. Oakland's got almost 70 million. San Francisco has almost 70 million. But those are really the only teams with a ton of money to spend and pressing needs at safety, at least if you exclude teams that didn't have safeties that they let go. Houston, Tyra Matthews gone, Baltimore, Weddle's gone, Tennessee, Cyprian's gone.
0: David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich, thanks to Dave's killer
1: Cincinnati cut Iloka last year. Jesse Bates played really well for them as a rookie. Do they need these guys? So what does the market look like? Could you get Adrian Amos at four million, at five million? I mean, I would do it. I would. I would do it at eight. At at maybe even more. I am dubious that Green Bay will do it. This was a team last year. With options and no real long-term options. They knew, I will insist forever, they knew they were not re-signing ha Clinton Dix. They knew they were underwhelmed by Josh Jones. And they knew Kentrell Bryce wasn't very good. The front office knew. I just don't think they care. And I don't think the NFL cares. I just don't think this is a, this is a position they value. They want niche players. They want role players who can fill specific needs. So that's why you look at this draft and you say, okay, Green Bay needs a safety that can cover in in man coverage. Who are those guys? Or Green Bay needs a center of the field safety. Or Green Bay needs a box safety. That's how we have to be looking at these guys now because that's how the college game is. So few players are being asked to play the way that we are used to seeing NFL football played. It is so much about playing a specific role. And I don't even think that's a bad thing. It's sort of like in baseball, you've got that lefty reliever. In football, we're becoming more specialized. We're moving in that direction. And so that's why I think you're seeing the market come down. And, and a factor that I don't think is discussed enough. If Green Bay is going to keep Tremont Williams on the roster, he is their starting safety. Period. Period. The contract is too big. $6 million this year, and no indication that they're going to release him, even though it could save them $5 million almost. If he's on the roster at $6.3 million, according on the cap, then he's your starting safety. They have Josh Jones. They invested a high pick in Josh Jones. He played a lot last year. What does Green Bay view as their need at safety? So you, you can say all they want. Oh, Green Bay has to see it. Well, Green Bay didn't see it last year, or they saw it and they didn't care. Those are our two options. So either they're bad at self-evaluating their own talent, or they don't care. But remember, Tremont Williams is on this team next year, in 2019, at over $6 million on the salary cap to play. If he's there, he's going to play and he's going to start at free safety. Ditto for Josh Jones. I mean, that's, that's just it. He's going to start at strong safety. So anyone after that, what is their value? What does Green Bay view their value as? You may view their value differently. I may view their value differently. I think they should release Tremont Williams. I think they should pursue some of these guys. I'm just not at all convinced that they will. And their history over the last decade plus, I know Brian Gudekins is not Ted Thompson, but he's been in those front offices and he had his chance last year to address a position that they knew they knew would be a problem and they didn't care they didn't think it was that important why is that going to change this year just because there's a bunch of other guys out there because to me all that is evidence of is that the league also doesn't prioritize this position so why should green bay before we get to the kevin zeitler part of this conversation i just uh, let me make a brief prediction in free agency i think green bay is going to sign a big money edge player. I don't know if it's going to be Preston Smith or Zedarius Smith or Anthony Barr or they're going to get Justin Houston or they're going to trade for D Ford. They're going to make a splash there. And I think they're going to they're going to do something at offensive line. They're going to sign a starting caliber right guard. I don't believe they're going to go into this season with a hole there. And If there's one place where Green Bay has been willing to sign a free agent, even in the Ted Thompson era, they signed Jari Evans at the end of his career to come in and help Aaron Rodgers try and make one last run. It didn't work out, not because Evans wasn't good, but because Rodgers got hurt. That's why the Kevin Zeitler trade idea could be appealing to Green Bay. Reports out of Cleveland are that they want to play Austin Corbett, who they selected last year, uh, and... They want him to play. The problem is they just signed Kevin Zeitler to a five-year $60 million deal in free agency in 2017. So he's under contract through 2021. In 2019, he's on the books for 12.4. In 2020, on the books for 12.4. And in 2021, on the books for 14.4. But if you trade for him, and something happens, and he's just not the player you thought he was, 2019, 2019's done, $4.8 million in dead cap if you cut him. Cut him after 2020, and it, it's half that, 2.4. The risk is low, and if you can get him for a fourth-round pick, even a third-round pick, it, it is money well spent. There is no player no player and this is a guy who just wrote 1600 words about bringing Anthony Barr into this defense. There is no player other than Earl Thomas that would impact this team in a positive way more than Kevin Zeitler. And I don't mean no team no player in the whole NFL. No player reasonably available whether in in trade talks or uh free agency, and I guess I'm excluding Antonio Brown because it's clear Green Bay is not in that market, no player that would help this team more than Kevin Zeitler because right guard was such a black hole last year, and not only that, I know it's not a priority position, it's not a premium position, but there is nothing offensively more important than protecting Aaron Rodgers, nothing, 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 you could have bad scheme, and if you can protect Aaron Rodgers, he is still good enough. To make something out of nothing. So don't worry about the contract. They can afford to take on the contract. He is one of the best pass blocking guards in football and has been basically his whole career. He's really, really good in pass protection. He has experience in the zone blocking scheme. He's still a young player. And yes, he is making top of market guard money. Why? Because he is a top-of-market, pass-protecting guard, and that is the most important thing you can have at guard, and even more so when he is protecting Aaron Rodgers. So if all it's going to take is a fourth-round pick and the Packers have two, hell, send them both. Send them both. You're not going to find anyone who can combine in those two fourth-round picks to have the impact on this team that Kevin Zeitler could. I mean, Kevin Zeidler does not have the name recognition of some other players at the position. He is one of the best guys at that spot in the league. He is. And is worth a pick and is worth the money. And he is particularly worth the money to this team. So think of him as a free agent acquisition. And I understand the money is a big number. But I'm telling you. The idea that they're going to sign one of Earl Thomas, Tyron Matthew, Adrian Amos, LaMarcus Joyner, that is a pipe dream. It's a pipe dream. I i genuinely believe it will not happen. They want to put their money at edge and an offensive line. This has been their longstanding goal. Every draft, those are the focuses. Make sure you draft offensive linemen. Make sure you draft people in the front seven. When Ted Thompson did dip into free agency, those tended to be the places that he would go. Brian Goodikens last year, Muhammad Wilkerson, Byron Bell. That's what this team has always valued. Build from the ball out. They're old school in that way. And the reports are already that they want to go after a pass rusher hard in in free agency. That's going to cost a lot. I understand if you believe safety is the second biggest hole on this team. And maybe from a talent standpoint, it is. I don't think it is. Remember, a couple weeks ago, and maybe it's a couple months ago now. This is where it's it's already March. Oof. I said that that guard was the only true hole on this roster. Right guard. That if they got a, a even just replacement level player in there and changed nothing else. Because I expect them to take a pass rusher early. That they would be a a good team next year. Not because I think someone like Zeitler would magically fix every other problem. But just being healthy and having the right guard position solidified. The offensive line once again immediately becomes one of the three or four best in the league. It makes the offense run more smoothly. And after that, it doesn't really matter. If Aaron Rodgers is healthy, they can win every game they're in that's all that matters here. And so if you're going to if you're going to allocate resources toward fixing some problem, why would you put it toward fixing a hole where they already have money allocated at a position that the league is is determining? It doesn't matter what you believe about that position. The league has emphatically said, "We don't really care about this position." Why would Green Bay or any team allocate heavy resources there when it seems clear the trend in the league is pass rush, passing game, pass rush, passing game. And where do, where does Green Bay want to spend their money? Edge, offensive line. I'm not here just making stuff up, guys. I'm really not. Pass rush and the passing game. Get an edge rusher, solidify the offensive line. Everything else this is, I, I, and I I think they're right. I think this is the right way to do it. I still think Earl Thomas is a good player. I think Earl Thomas would make this team better. I think he'd make this team may, maybe a lot better. But in premise, if you take Earl Thomas out of the equation, I don't know that any of the other guys that we've named really move the needle that much. That much. They They would be an improvement. And there's going to come a point in the market where The value is too much to pass up, and I thought they reached it last year with Trey Boston, and I know Trey Boston is not for everyone, but there are so many guys here that if they can't find someone, I mean, I don't know what we're doing here, but I don't think they're going to allocate major resources. I think it's going to certainly be a second or even third wave free agent signing, and they're going to pour resources into edge and offensive line and so something like kevin zeitler who would be better by a mile than any offensive guard they could sign that would cost 6 8 million dollars maybe more i know you're giving up a pick and that sucks but if you're going to take an offensive lineman think of how that that opens things up for your draft you have zeitler now in the in the first round those three top 50 picks you don't have to worry about a starter at guard. That that hole on your team is off the board for the next three years potentially, and maybe longer. Kevin Zeitler will be 31 when his contract is up. So if he can stay healthy, he could stay on this team beyond that if, if they make that move. So now you can go out, you've signed an edge rusher, maybe you can get a safety in the first round at 30, at 12, at 44. Maybe you get two. Maybe the Packers double up there in the draft. And they're not going to have to play right away because Tremont Williams is there, Josh Jones is there, maybe Ibrahim Campbell can come back. I think that is a much more likely scenario, even if it's not what I would advocate, even if it's not what I would do per se. It wouldn't be my optimal situation. And I know I've gone through a lot of scenarios on this show, and I've advocated for a lot of them. I think there are a lot of ways Green Bay can go. Getting a replacement-level player at guard would be a start. Getting a Pro Bowl caliber player at guard is just, it is the kind of risk that isn't really a risk. It's the kind of big swing worth taking if you're a team like Green Bay and you're trying to win a Super Bowl. And I think they should absolutely try and make it happen if they can, especially if the asking price is as low as we think it could be.
2: This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting, battery-powered or USB-rechargeable one. That comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One-up your brushing. Learn more at phillips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shell. I'm going to lay out what I think is a perfect off-season. We'll save the off-season report card, and I'll, I'll, I'll give to you what I think the most likely scenario is and then what I think the perfect scenario is and hope I haven't contradicted myself on this show over the last few weeks and months, but it's possible. I, I mean, I'll cop to that. It's possible. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the microphone for hours every month. So every once in a while, I'm going to contradict myself. I'm allowed. I, you're allowed, too. I, I'll let you. It's fine. If you want to let me know, that's fine. Just don't be a dick about it. <laughs> and speaking of not being a dick, uh, follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Uh, happy to answer questions there. Always follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Remember to subscribe to the show. It really does help us. It raises our profile. Lets other people know that, that you're listening and paying attention and Again, the show's growing, and I'm I'm so happy that another off season of growth. We did we did do I-, I said we might we did do more downloads in February than in January, despite the day difference, and we're on pace to break that even again in March. Uh, so we'll see. I appreciate all the support that you guys offer. Uh, this is this is awesome, and we're gonna keep going because free agency starts and there's going to be a lot to talk about. Remember, emergency podcasts, if the Packers sign someone, so that'll, that those will just come out whenever they have to come out. As soon as something happens, podcast. And if I miss something, maybe another podcast. And those will be short 10, 15 minutes just to get out and get an instant reaction on the news. If you have more questions you want to send me, always feel free to do that at the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to always stay Locked on Packers.